Welcome to Pew Pew Panel, the premier gun podcast all about your random questions. Today, Ava talks about the best gun instructors, Dalen builds man Legos, and both hosts talk about the best ways to help new shooters get over their fears. Let's dive in. Welcome, Ava. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Actually, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, it looks like I didn't put any makeup on today. But I've concluded that people don't even know when I put makeup on and when I don't. So I guess, what does it matter, right? Nobody mentions when I put makeup on or don't put makeup I, on. I today. know. So here we are. It's, I don't. Yeah. For anybody wondering, I just don't. <laughs> I do have but, to put it out there. I do have to put it out there. <laughs> okay, before the show gets any weirder, uh, I'm going to talk about stag arms and kind of bring us back down to reality. So the reality of it is right now is they're doing a huge like warehouse sale. They have stuff on sale that is like never seen before prices. Um, I'm just going to say it bluntly, like you'd be kind of dumb not to take advantage of it. Uh, Dale and I, we were just like looking, like perusing through their website. We were just like, what? Like they have this, they have like lowers, uppers, complete rifles, lots of different parts and stuff. And it is at an unbelievable deal. Um, Definitely take advantage of it. Stagarms.com. Use the code pewpew10, all one word. And that's, you know, P-E-W-P-E-W-1-0. For 10% off, I don't know if that's going to uh, count towards the discounts. We will get credit for it. And when I say credit, we don't really get a percentage of the sales. They just know that their advertising dollars are paying off and it helps us greatly. And it, you know, helps us to uh, have a sponsor. <laughs> um, but definitely take advantage of that sale. It is, again, like I said, it's, it's kind of dumb not to. Their deals are really, really impressive. And check out their clearance as well. But again, that supports us hugely when you guys use that code. So thank you so much for that. Pew Pew 10, all one word. All right, Ava, that brings us to our mail call. I got something really cool. And I think you went first the first couple of times. Yeah, So I was going to say, I mean, I got something really cool too, but you can go first. So what I got was actually a Mossberg 590 from Gun Prime. And the 590 is a really cool shotgun, but I talked to the guys at Optics Planet and said, hey, let's make this Mossberg 590 super cool. And so I recently, this is the man Legos that I just mentioned in our intro. I was building, and I said man Legos um, because adult Legos sounded weird, but I understand women can build these as well. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) I didn't even take offense because, you know. That's actually really cool. Okay, so let's talk about some of the stuff that you put on it then. Like, how did you... So I see that you have a a little holder for for ammo on the side of the gun. What would you call that? Quiver. I think it's technically called a quiver, which is weird to have on a gun. Interesting, yeah. Or a side saddle is another word for it. Um, And then then did you... Is that furniture that you upgraded? It's a DG furniture. Yeah. It's the Magpul furniture, so it's a matching foregrip and then a matching rear buttstock on a black gun, so it kind of has a two-tone vibe to it. Yeah. And then um, I got the 590 Tactical, so it has the ghost rings. Nice. And I popped a... Um, I didn't want to do, like, some people will do, like, a clamp up on the barrel and the choke tube to attach a sling to. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of those come undone because it's just a lot of recoil, the 12-gauge. Um, so I actually mounted it to the foregrip, which has the disadvantage that it moves when you're pumping the action, but it's never going to come undone. And then I have this sling. Nice. Yeah. That looks super tactical. 
Uh, it was, I, I, I build guns now and then. This is the one that my I, my wife saw this one and she's like, hey, that one actually looks nice. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. So, yep, that was my mail call. I'm pretty proud of it. Nice. All right. Well, you ready for this one? I'm actually really excited about this one. Uh, all right. So this is an upper that I received from Deadfoot Arms. And I actually, I've, I've seen these um, like on like, they have stuff for MP5s, um, and I believe you could put this on an MP5. Don't quote me on that, but you can put this on a lower, like an AR lower that's chambered in 9mm, and I just think that this just looks so cool. Oops. The it's really cool that it out. goes, it's really cool that it goes on to the um, kind of the AR9. I know. Lower, but it looks like an MP5, and yeah. for anybody... Anybody one like anybody um, watching, it's just a big old upper. It kind of has that side charging handle on the top. It kind of has that MP5 vibe to the top with like that integrally suppressed look to it as mm -hmm. well. Um, it's not an integrally integral inter integral. That's a weird word. It's okay. Yeah, but... these little these little flip up, the little flip up. Uh, what do you call these little things? Is it wouldn't it wouldn't be ghost ring right? No, I can't remember the type of site that that's. But you called, like flip it. it if you're like you want it, yeah. For like distance, change yeah. the. But yeah, uh, so, side charging, cool. and uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I did like right when I got it. I put it on one of my AR9s just to see how it would look, and I'm like, man, it needs a cooler lower. I think yeah. When I put okay. it on, it was like from CMMG, and it just didn't look as like sleek. So I need to like rummage through all of my AR9s and see what I want to put it on, but really excited for this. I just, I don't know. I, I really like the stuff that Deadfoot Arms makes. Oops. That BCG again, just trying to get out of here. I have a question for you about it. It does have a short barrel, so you're going to have to SBR that, correct? Oh, Dalen, you're always so by the books. <laughs> I mean, yes, for legal purposes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And then uh, the other option is if you wanted to keep it in a pistol configuration, you just have the bare tube, which is it's it's annoying, but I guess it is what it is. So, um, yeah. So I mean, really, I kind of have no choice but to SBR it. But thankfully, I do have my SOT, so it makes it a lot easier. Um, that was gonna be my and yeah, question. yeah. So if I didn't have my SOT, it would be kind of a pain because then. In other words, you guys, Ava pays this cool tax to the government, so yeah. she pays the extortion money, and they let her have cool guns I can't have. Yeah. And it's, I mean, same with, like, SOT, or SOT, same with uh, suppressors and stuff. Totally. So if a company wants to send me a suppressor, it only takes, like, maybe two weeks at most, and then I have it in my hand and, you know, just rock it That's all. Cool. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'll keep you guys updated on that, on what to put it on. But uh, if you guys want to know what that's called, it is, and, again, I'm not super familiar with, it's the AR9-SD, but they also have a different model that's very similar that acts the same way um, as far as the upper. That was like the MP5, correct? Yeah, the but they model. both yeah. kind of have that MP5 look. Yeah. So um, I just thought this one looked cooler, so that's the one that I picked out. Very cool. Ava, that brings us to our Would You Rather. We got a couple questions here. Um, we have the first question. I'm actually interested to hear what you think about this one. Have you ever done any QCB like training before? I've done a little bit with um, 
like little BB guns and stuff. Oh, cool! So like inside a house with like yeah, you know, some some airsoft. Yeah, except for it was actually inside my office building, and um, I will say that probably wasn't the smartest. I'm glad it was actually the office building instead of my house because those little BBs were like putting indents in the wall and the door and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I ask is because the first question sort of has to do with this as well. Um, and and um, sort of close quarters combat. And I recently almost got to do some QCB training. QCB, yeah, for anybody listening, it's like close quarters, room to room, inside buildings. And it's funny, the first thing the instructor said, I had to unfortunately leave on an airplane before we were able to do it. He said, the first thing I can tell you about room-to-room engagements is don't do them, and yeah. you just really don't want to do it. It's just a bad idea. You you are at a very big disadvantage. So that's, I thought that was... No, actually, interesting. that's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what was said to me. When I went to uh, Thunder Ranch, uh, they were taking us. They have like a, a house that's built to just completely confuse you. Everything's opposite doors turn the different way but it's like it's it he they call it instead of a shoot house they call it a think house and because it it makes you think and you know things that you're not i don't know it, it helps you to like kind of think under stress i guess um but the first thing that they said they're like if you could avoid this absolutely do it because you are not going to have an advantage like don't do it but if you absolutely QCB. have to do it then they're obviously yeah. going to teach you some techniques but yeah that was the first thing they said as well and my advice is the best, this isn't legal advice, the best QCB, the best close quarters, room to room engagement is just burning the house down and, and call it good, you know. And then walk I'll away, like that match, away. walk away. Not me, I'm going into fetal position, I'm going to hide in my closet. <laughs> okay, so for the quest home defense or other room to room engagement, would you pick 300 blackout or 9mm? And both of them would be suppressed. So which would you pick, Ava? 300 blackout for room-to-room or 9mm, and they're both suppressed? Uh, I think he said also both suppressed and then SBR. Very true. So it'll be a short-barreled and then SBR as well. Um, I would probably pick 300 blackout. Um, I mean, if we were talking the difference between like a handgun or a rifle, then probably handgun. But, I mean, the fact that they're both SBR, so the short you're able to clear rooms a little bit quicker. They're both suppressed. Um, 300 blackout is great suppressed. I mean, so is nine. So it's not going to like, you know, kill your hearing. Um, yeah, I would say, I don't know. I would say 300 blackout. I don't necessarily have a really good reason for that other than it's going to be a little bit more powerful than a nine and who's, you know, like, who knows what you're going to see behind that door? If it's going to be, like, per, uh, somebody who's, like, three times your size? I don't so, know. So, yeah, no, I I think I would pick the same thing, but I actually have, I actually thought about it because you gave me some time to think about it because I wouldn't have had anything to say as to which <laughs> what I was picking either. But now that Ava gave me a couple seconds to think about it, I think there's two reasons I would go with um, 300 Blackout. One, it's on the AR platform, so it's something I'd be really familiar with. And you can get the, of course, the AR-9. It's, it is slightly different, but it's almost the same. Um, you know, it's very similar, but the 300 blackout would be the same lower, the same controls, exactly the same. So I think that would be one reason. The other reason is, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the 300 blackout bullet is going to be a heavier projectile. So 
the like the nine mil and the three hundred blackout. And I could be wrong, and I tried to look this up, but that's just like what I would assume that the, I would have more grain weight to it. So people with who aren't uh, who are listening not in real time will be able to look this up and see whether or not I'm wrong or right. But my initial intuition would be that it would be heavier. So you're going to get more energy behind 300 blackout, even though, you know, subsonic, they have to travel the same speed. Like subsonic is just subsonic. You have to go below the sound barrier. But if your bullet's bigger, that means it's carrying more energy. So that would be my reasoning behind that, along with the fact that 300 blackout is designed well to designed to work well on short barrels, along with nine millimeter, granted. Yeah. But that's why I would pick 300 blackout. It's probably more likely to go through walls too. Like forget clearing rooms. I'm just going for it. I'm just shooting everywhere. Yeah. I'm just gonna shoot. I, I'm just gonna spray and pray. Yeah, <laughs> nine mil probably would go through less drywall and and rooms and inside your. I mean, assuming that there's that. no innocent people, but you should always know, you know, what's beyond that you're shooting at. So actually, don't do that. I was kind of just joking, but I mean, there's maybe something to be said about that. There is, especially if you're in like a smaller home or in an apartment building with family. You know, a nine millimeter hollow point is going to react way differently than a, like a subsonic 300 blackout which you could get hollow point as well but there, it's a lot of it's a wider bullet so it's going to just kind of be caught by material faster so that is interesting as well uh his next question and this is did you say who this is from by the way no i did not it's from patrick Palmer. hopefully Comer. hopefully i'm saying that um and he had another question and that was uh, for concealed carry, inside waistband, outside waistband, or some other female-friendly, and then in uh, quotation like flash, marks, yeah, flashbang or off-body. So, so, and for anybody wondering, the flashbang, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a bra holster, so you have to pull your shirt up, yeah, have your gun. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You flash and then you bang. Yeah, that sounds very <laughs> deadly. I would not want to. Yeah. Oh, I actually. Good. Are you kidding me? I'm. I'm actually a big no, fan. I would. I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. Is oh. what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just hoping like it, it buys me some time. It throws the guy off. He's like, "Why is this lady picking up her shirt? She's gonna flash me. Oh, she must be into like some weird, you know." And then boom. But yeah, and then I'd be like, "Oh, psh, bang." Um, I actually do like the flashbang. I wear it a lot of times when I'm going somewhere that. I may not have my purse next to me or I'm wearing something. Okay, for example, you're going to think I like date a lot and I don't. But if I'm going on a date and I, yeah, that's what I, I keep it. I mean, also because what if the guy does try to do something? It's just right there. Yeah, essentially for you, it's like you don't have to have a purse and yeah, you can I don't have, have to have with you. I could still dress sexy. I could like wear, you know, if I was wearing something that was like a dress, well, not really a dress. I mean, I guess you could, you could use it with a dress, but you're flashing more than just. And it's hard with, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that I'm just logistically, I don't do it. That would be a bad idea. Yeah. But, but like, let's say. A lot of women's pants, you can't be doing inside the waistband. So, you know, that's a. I, I mean, it's harder to conceal. Like for me, inside the waistband is harder to do. I can do it. But it definitely, you know, I mean, you don't feel sexy when you have like a little bulge coming out of your pants, you know, like it's just. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay, sorry. Everybody, Ava is so embarrassing. I apologize. I know. <laughs> well, no, but like women, like guys at least have like 
baggier pants. Whereas like women, we wear tighter jeans and like it doesn't matter where you have it. <laughs> I'm not even saying that you have it in the front. Like you could have it at like, you know, <laughs> four or five o'clock. Hi, Peaches. Look, it's Peaches. Let's just change the subject. <laughs> oh my goodness. We have to keep this in there. That was, but yeah, no. honestly though, you're right. Like for, for women's clothing, like it is like this big bulky thing. Um, and even for men's clothing in a non weird way, having a bulge right on your belt line just looks unnatural. Uh, yeah. so, you know, even, even forget. I, mean, I do. But... So yeah, I do like the flashbang. Um, and they also have it where you can get it with like, um, I forget what kind of, maybe it's like moleskin or something like that. It's super soft. So it's comfortable. Um, and then I was going to add more to that, but I'm like, man, this is just going down a bad direction. Um, I do actually keep one in my purse all the time. So many people are probably like, oh, why? Oh, you know, like off body carry. And yeah. I I will say also, like, if you have children, definitely don't put it in your purse um, because children love to just, you know, go through your purse. But totally. I know that you're not going to have quick access to it. It's not going to be as quick as if it were on your body. But I'd, I feel like a gun, you know, having a gun is better than no gun. And yeah. I'd like to think that maybe I could turn a corner real quick, pull it out of my purse. Um, and make sure you have a great holster, by the way, for anybody listening. You know, oh, yeah. full of lots of like chapstick will work it yeah. into the trigger guard if you don't have, you know, a good yeah, holster. That's... So, yeah, that's another trick as well. Or, I mean, they do have like purse holsters, but they're not really that great. So I typically just like buy a purse that has different compartments and then dedicate a compartment to that purse. And then put uh, one of those kind of like a sticky holster looking or um, like a pocket holster around it. And then I'll even take Velcro so that it's Velcroed in there and it's ex- it's sitting up exactly where. So when I put my hand in, I know it's already like ready for me to grip it. And then for guys, it's just inside the waistband. You can always find clothing that works. If you don't, the other only other one I would say you should do would be a fanny pack. If you can rock a fanny pack. That's the only, that's the only I way could, to do it. I could see you rocking the fanny pack. I can't. I, I have actually been like threatened with severe legal action by my wife if I ever wear a fanny pack. So <laughs> that one's not in the cards for me, but you should be able to wear it on your clothing. Like there's no reason why not to. And if not, at least a fanny pack. So options for guys. So what would you say? Like, then you would just say inside waistband? Yeah. Inside waistband. Outside waistband. I don't I mean, know. I mean, I think it's no. everyone's right to do so if they want to, but I personally right. I feel like I'm making myself more of a target, especially as a female, because if somebody were to walk down the street, you know, they see me, I have my gun, I'm just like, the, yeah, whatever. The and then they, they just jump me. Yeah, the exception to this is actually because outside waistband just means it's not inside your waistband. So it doesn't necessarily mean open carry. And I know that there are some um like body holsters that some people will wear. So like if they don't want it to print on their belt line. You could have a massive gun if it's on, like, on your body. I think, like, I what covered up with, like, your jacket. jacket. Yeah. 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 Like, it would still be. That's true, actually, because it does say for concealed carry. So, yeah. I mean, if, if that's the case, and like, if you're hiking and you have your jacket covering it, it makes more sense to have it outside the waistband. So yeah, there's there are some options there for guys, which I didn't even think about before. But yeah, I think yeah, I just stick with inside inside the waistband. 
All right. So Dean from Kansas, he said, would you rather have a Q Honey Badger or a Sig MCX Rattler in 300 Blackout? Mm. I'm going to just go with the Sig. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Q. And yeah. that's just because of the guy behind the company more yeah. than anything. Um, the Honey Badger is cool. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Q makes some amazing guns. They, and, they were doing it first. Can't. Like, undoubtedly, Q's been doing it for yeah. years. And the SIG, I, the SIG MCX Rattler's new. You know what's kind of funny, though, is, like, both companies live within, I'd say, a mile from each other in New Hampshire. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's definitely, like, a little bit of rivalry that you'll kind of pick up on. I and I'm and I'm pretty surprised because Q is a big company, but it's not the biggest company. Q is yeah. by no means the like big. No, and no offense, like they are very specialty guns that they sell. And yeah, I would, but like most assume. people, I think I feel like you have to be in the industry for a little while or be into guns for a little while before you realize who they are. Yeah. It's not as it's not a recognized household name. You're not going to see them in a gun store. In your average gun store. Yeah. But I would assume that SIG would have just purchased their company if they live so close. But that's very interesting. They are working in the same space for a lot of things. Yeah. So, yeah, the SIG MCX Rattler, um, if anybody wants to learn about that gun, it's a very cool looking gun. And uh, Mike Jones Grantham did a review on it about two or three weeks ago. And it's a great old review. I can't remember if he had the 300 Blackout or the 223 version. Um, in my opinion, 300 blackouts, the only way to go when you're going with barrels that are this short, because both of these guns have very short barrels and the Q honey badger is made specifically for a 300 blackout. If I'm not mistaken, Eva, correct me if I'm wrong there, but that's so my memory serves me. Yeah, you're right. So, so which one would you go with? The SIG MCX Rattler, especially since that one is something that's been, I mean, there's always a give and take when it comes to new guns. Because mm-hmm. the MCX is newer, but it's backed by a bigger company, and it's almost designed specifically for special forces, military, tactical. Mm-hmm. Like that's their thing. Their their market for Sig for this it wasn't civilians; it was military. Um, so I think that's kind of the way I would go with this. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, before we talk about the next segment, uh, I want to talk about Manicore Arms real quick. So if you guys own an AUG, which AUGs are one of those guns that um, I guess not a lot of people have. Um, and as a result, there's not a lot of companies out there that are making products for AUGs. Manicore Arms, though, has you covered. So they have the AUG uh, cantilever forend the augmented magazine lever, and then the talent scope mount for the AUG M1. So three different products that you can get. Um, and it's all three of those products are one of those things that you're just like, you wish that they made or you wish it had on it. And like I said, Manicore has you covered. Um, they also, if you use the code pp 15 all one word, you are going to get 15% off everything off their website. So don't just, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't have an AUG, and then you automatically just kind of shut the idea of shopping at Manicorms, don't do that. Uh, they have you covered for all kinds of stuff, Tavors, uh, ARs, AKs, all kinds of stuff. So definitely check and, out their stuff. And I just want to mention some of the weird guns. Grand Power Strybog, CZ Bren, Scorpion yeah. Evo, IWI Masada, uh, Tavor, you already mentioned. So all those weird guns, 
yeah, yeah. like stuff that's like not as commercialized, I guess. So yeah, that's why that's why we love them. Uh, but anyways, check it out, manicorearms.com. Now we got some listener questions, Ava. This one is from Joseph Lyon Lyons. Do you think it's Lyons? Yeah. Okay. We'll get corrections, I'm sure, on how everybody's names are spelt. But no, I I actually know him. He's a Patreon of Gun Funny of my other. Oh, podcast. that's awesome. Well, thank you guys well, for coming over. It's Joe Lyons. Yeah. That's awesome. So okay, so he says. So other than Ava, of course. Who are some firearms instructors that two of y'all would recommend? Ava, I feel like this is your territory. Like this question, oh, totally. Okay. I mean, all right. Ava, so, of course, we can, we have to rule you out. Ava is a firearms instructor. For anybody wondering, go sign up for her courses. Go take her courses. Yeah, if you're in Colorado, I got you. Um, so I've trained with like a few instructors, and I think regardless of like how much, um experience you have and I I even though I've been in the industry now for a little while I don't feel like I'm like an expert by any means there's a lot that I still could learn and um and I'm always you know looking to do better but um I think what I've noticed is like a lot of people kind of get caught up in names or they're like oh wow I'm gonna go train with this person they're you know youtube famous instagram famous whatever and then they get there and it's not even them that's actually teaching um there's this one guy who we were sponsored by the same company and i found out that he was putting on a class and his assistant was teaching the class while he was in the car sleeping bummer like imagine imagine like thinking like wow i'm gonna get trained by this person you're super excited you've seen them shoot on social media talked about firearms you're like they're super knowledgeable they absolutely know what they're doing and then you get there and it's the assistant that's teaching and the person that you idolize over is sleeping in the car (laughs) to be fair they probably hired somebody that was much better than them at what they do so you might be getting firearms training you would hope but you're not going to be getting the stuff you're uh, expecting Sometimes. Yeah. I so it, there's a caveat with this. Sometimes the content creators will say that they are the ones teaching the course. And that is the case sometimes. Um, so just know the details before you sign up for a creator's course because it might not be them teaching it. It might be their mm-hmm. trainer or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that said, so I did train with like Clint Smith in Thunder Ranch. And that was, he's a good instructor. Um, I actually didn't think that I was going to like him because he's just like super old. One, I don't, I don't, I mean, bless his heart. I don't really care for like old people that much. They say you either like babies or old people, but not both. I don't know if I like either, but if I had to choose, I'd be probably babies versus old people. Um, But Clint is like hands down one of the coolest people I've ever met and got to talk to. And, you know, as he gets older, I just, I'm just incredibly grateful that I even had the opportunity to like be in his presence, to be honest with you, because he's just he's very knowledgeable and hilarious and doesn't sugarcoat anything, which I love. Uh, He says lots of things we can't say on this podcast. Yes. Uh, And it was just I don't know. It was great. But um, yeah, so I took like an urban AK class with him and AKs at the time. I wasn't really I mean, I'm still not like you know amazing with AKs they're they're still just like this wild beast that I haven't obtained at or like not obtained uh tamed 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 yeah, no, <laughs> you mean um but yeah so Clint Smith he was really good 
What's weird, though, is like he originally he's been in the industry, I think, for like 30, 40 years. And he originally was uh, he got his experience from Gunsight. Gunsight, unfortunately, I wasn't a fan of. Mm. I I um, I don't know. I didn't really like I didn't like the range safety officers there. Um, I don't know. It's just it was kind of like a mix. And like that is like the place to go. You know, it's where like gun training originated. And so many people are just like they get so excited about it. But I had the opportunity to go back. Um, I mean, all expenses paid to Gunsight. And I was just like, no, nah, I'd literally rather like sit home and pick my nose instead. That's how I felt about it. <laughs> wow. And the other option is like you guys, if you're not going for any specialized training, just sign up for like whatever your local gun place has. But if you're like, so, if you're looking for a step beyond, you know, your concealed carry permit, you probably want to find somebody you like. Yeah. Right? And that's where this kind of comes. But in. there is there is like a lot of local people. And sometimes I do think that the smaller companies or smaller instructors just make sure that you really vet them and that they are teaching legit stuff and they're not just like pulling it out of their butt. Um, cause they will do that. Sometimes. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, I think you guys would be surprised by, you know, how many great instructors there are locally. Um, also recently when I was in California, so I met, uh, Mac or I'm sorry, Mark, uh, Ackenbach on Instagram. It's first defense USA. And he had, I didn't train with him. Uh, he was just in the group of, we were doing some, um, we were like, I don't know, like using this product and just giving companies feedback on it. Um, but I will say he was total eye candy. So ladies, if you want some eye candy while you're training, he was pretty knowledgeable, but he was very good looking. So anyway, what she's saying is she has no she has no idea how he shoots, but she wouldn't mind taking as many classes from him as he offers. So no, he, he actually taught me a few things about like red okay. dots that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I never even thought about that. Like I always thought like I always enjoyed co-witnessing my red dots uh, with my sights. And then now I think back and I'm like, wow, that makes no sense. That was kind of really dumb. But at the time, that's just like what worked for me. And now, like after, you know, getting some of his advice, I'm like, it kind of changed my, you know, my outlook on it. So very cool. And, about you? and it also depends like based off of state because what he's all the way out in California, right? You're mm -hmm. in Colorado. He, do he does travel, though. I think he does like classes all over. That's one. That's going to be my advice. Like I can't um, I don't know anybody specifically, but like keep an eye out for the people, you know that you've seen, that you trust, make sure, one, make sure they'll actually be there, but then make sure that you catch them if they're coming to your state. And don't be afraid to drive like two hours to go to yeah. a really good instructor. Like it's, it'll be worth it. Um, so I don't know. I don't have anybody specific, but that's my advice. Keep an eye out when they're traveling and then don't be afraid to travel a couple hours. It'll be worth it. Mm -hmm. And then that brings us to some of our listener comments. Uh, Ava, you actually pulled these ones up. So... I don't know if there was extra context to go with them or if they're just as is. No, there was no extra content. I just went through some of the YouTube comments and pulled them out and then was hoping that you would read them because I can't really see them from here. I'll sing it real them. close. <laughs> Before we do, um, all the questions that we've read up until now actually came. So we had what one question from... We had a listener question from Joseph, and then we had some would-you-rathers from Patrick and Dean. 
So those came from you guys. Um, you can send them to pewpewpanel at gmail.com. You could do it or, from your phone. Or you could just comment on our YouTube or, channel. Exactly. So if you're in YouTube, drop a comment. But if you're, yeah, if you're listening via podcast, send us the email at pewpewpanel at gmail.com. And that's how we even get these in the first place. So the first comment is dsteve98141. And which, do you know which uh, video this one came off of? No, don't put me on the spot for this. All right. <laughs> yeah, like back in my day, we had Instamatic cameras. I feel like if we had a little bit of extra context, maybe we'd remember. But we put this together <laughs> like an hour ago. Okay. So. I feel like you're pointing fingers at me. And, no, no, it's okay. Uh... The second one I'm going to make some good context for, it's Firearms Historian. I feel like that's a pretty cool... Oh. No, so he, I don't know if, he, if you're familiar with Firearms Historian, but he does a lot of stuff with like Smith & Wesson yeah. guns, and I'm sponsored by Smith & Wesson, and so I I, I think, um, you know, I was telling people to like and support the channels, and so he did, and um, I didn't realize I learned something about him after he commented, but this one was for you, Dalen. Okay. It is Canadian boy... Canadian-born gun owners rejoice. So if anybody's wondering, I'm Canadian-born. Mm -hmm. Here in America, I live in the great state of Idaho, but yes, I was born in Canada. So we have some Canadian-born gun listeners rejoicing. If you guys are from Canada listening, first of all, that's crazy. Congratulations. That's awesome. But drop that in the comments. We definitely want to know. You Actually, you would probably be surprised because this week alone, my other podcast it came in the top 100. One of them was in the top nine. It was like for Sweden, Cyprus, and uh, like some other country that I was just kind of blown away. But they were like number 28, or I'm sorry, yeah, it came in like number 28, uh, number nine, and then I think one was like 75 or something like that. But still, top 100 in these other countries. That's super cool. And so, yeah, guys, drop your comments, and that leads us right into our um, the main topic. And it's sort of two parts, kind of two parts that we're going to talk about. Um, and it's helping new shooters overcome their fear of shooting and some different tips and tricks. Ava, you especially as an instructor probably have. Um, so, yeah, why don't you lead us on this one and kind of let every Because that's how we bring new people into the 2A space. Like, they're going to start as people who don't know anything and people who probably are afraid of loud things that you have to hold in your hand so yeah give us some of your tips and tricks that you use well okay so before i do that i want to just kind of go back and um just talk about something that i experienced this last weekend so i taught a class and i do classes anywhere from like two to three times a month um i used to do it i used to teach almost every day um and that was like my only job but this past weekend, I had this woman, uh, I guess she, I mean, she was my age. So yeah, still a woman, but you know, woman sounds like an older woman, but she was, you know, in her twenties. So yeah, my age. Um, <laughs> Dalen, you're all, you didn't catch that. I'm in my thirties. I, yeah. Sure. Um, but anyway, so um, at one point she, I asked people if anybody wants to I showed them like how to load a gun, rack the slide, and then afterwards I'm like, okay, does anybody want to try it? And some students have their own guns, and so they'll try it on their guns, or they'll come up and they'll try it. And so I gave the girl my gun to try it, and she was like struggling. And I was like, oh, here, no, like you could just do this. And then all of a sudden she just starts crying, 
And she's like, it's fine, I'm done. And then like sits down, starts crying. And I felt really bad because I thought that maybe I said something or I was like too, I mean, I'm very patient. So yeah, if you guys knew like my, my training company, Elite Firearms and Training, five-star review across the board. And I'm, I have hundreds of reviews. Like I've, there's not a lot that I do very well, but I do take pride in teaching and I've done that well. Like I've really like honed in on, you know, teaching effectively and patiently. And so I, it really kind of just sort of caught me off guard, I guess, that, you know, I might have maybe said something that might have made her cry. Um, so then she was like crying. Then she left. Then she was in the bathroom for a while. Um, I had a guest speaker come in to talk to the class and they were coming in, in like 15 minutes. So I didn't want to start like a new segment of, you know, the, the uh, syllabus. And so here I am just kind of like making small talk, like, okay, this is really awkward, you know, just trying to like, you know, uh, like wait for the student to get back, but then also wait for my guest to show up. And so, and she was with her boyfriend, um, I guess a different boyfriend, um, and I'll explain why. So eventually um, she comes back and she kind of has it together. And then my guest comes and he's talking to the class. And so then I go and like set up targets in the range and just as I'm coming back I meet her on the stairs like heading up to the classroom and she's coming down and she's she has her stuff and she's like I'm just gonna go I'm sorry for like crying um she and and I was like hey it's okay I'm like are you are you okay and she's like no like my ex-boyfriend is uh trying to kill me and that's why I'm on this class and Right now, learning about guns is like going against everything that I believe in, and it's just really hard for me to be here. Dang, that is, that's a, that goes hard. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. There's so many people out there that were born and raised to think like guns are super bad. You shouldn't touch them, you know, basically yeah. like you're doing something evil. And then on top of that, she's probably terrified because there's this she's guy that to do is the best she can in a self defense class when she probably needs like self defense class, a carry class, like some jujitsu, maybe like some therapy, hand to hand, some therapy. Like, yeah, man, that's crazy. well. And she she was going on like about how you know like he essentially like uh, kidnapped her and had her like in his house like you know locked up or whatever she has like a restraining order against him now but like he i guess That's even insane. just like a few days prior like came and broke all her windows on her car but anyways so i'm kind of like look and, and so i was like don't feel bad about crying i even shared a little bit about myself and like made myself kind of um you know or feel like that she's not that yeah the normal like well, and that it's okay to, to cry. Is, yeah, and the desire to defend yourself as a woman is like, that is awesome. And that's the whole, that's what firearms is well, about. Yeah. And I also, I was like, don't feel sorry. Like, don't feel bad about crying. I was like, honestly, I cried even coming into work today on the ride here. I was like, I had a, a little bit of a breakdown. I cried. I was feeling sad about something. And I'm like, it's totally fine to cry. I'm like, just, you know, like. Let's all we could do is like, okay, let's focus on the issue. So the issue is, is you want to learn about guns so that you can defend yourself. And I was like, just, you know, take a deep breath, get a drink like of water, not vodka or anything. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, let's do this. And so she's like, okay. So she goes back into the class 
and uh you know calms down a little bit and then and i thought we were like cool we're good we're we're on the path to success and then we get to the range i figured i was like you know what i'm gonna start off with a 22 normally i wouldn't have like i I typically do still have like a lot of students that have never shot a gun that are kind of fearful but i feel confident enough that they're okay shooting a nine millimeter or whatever gun they brought she didn't have a gun but um, I was like, eh, with her already crying and being like super sensitive, I'm just going to give her a 22. She'll have fun with it. Won't be afraid of the recoil. And um, and then she could hone in on her, like the fundamentals, apply it to all the guns. And then I'll give her something a little bit, you know, like nine millimeter after. And next thing I know, she leaves again and she's crying. And she was like doing well. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, uh, okay. And I didn't talk to her after. Uh, I thought about sending her an email, but I, this is, I don't know, this is where I feel a little bit bad. Um, I felt really frustrated and kind of defeated because I've I had a lot of people cry in my class, but I've never, but I've always been able to overcome that with a student and work on it and focus with them and, you right. know. I've never actually had a student that like left crying. It's hard to because you're not teaching out. them a class. You're not teaching them a class. You're teaching a class to all these people. So it's mm-hmm. like you can go run after them and help them like you could if it exactly. was one. So. Yeah, exactly. There's there was eight other students in my class mm-hmm. that I had to watch, you know. Um, but she did actually just email me the other day and she was like, Hey, I really appreciate your kindness. Like I I do think, you know, after like thinking about this, I do think that it's best that I learn how to take, you know, that I use a gun. And I do think it's one of those things that I thought about messaging her. And then I was like, you know what? I feel like she either, either she wants to, or she doesn't like, she could sit here and become a victim or she can be like, okay, my life is in danger. And like, I could, you know, train up and not be a victim, but I don't feel like that's really my place to go. And at the end of the day, like we're not therapists, right? Like we're here to teach you how to use a tool, but we're, I could help as much as I can, but I'm still, you know. I still have my hands tied behind my back to a certain extent. Right. Yeah, no, it's really interesting as well. Like what society teaches about guns is like a big reason that she has such big apprehensions, right? Yeah. And she feels a certain way that like isn't necessary at all. So it, that is very interesting as well that it's all, just as much mental as it is like physical practice and understanding how to shoot a gun. And like you said, she's not the first person that's cried in the class before. Like it's it's a mental oh, no, thing that people so many people... Yeah, it's so it's so so much a mental thing as much as a practice thing. So that's something so, to think about. So, anyways, um, because of that experience, I wanted to go over some things that I think people can do to help others. You know, if they're thinking about learning, you know, how to shoot, this is kind of what what has worked for me in my experience. So the first thing is, um, I definitely make sure that they're like wearing proper clothing. Because if they're wearing flip-flops or, like, low-cut shirts or something where, like, hot brass is going to hit them, that's going to turn them off. So you want to make sure that... Shirts for men sometimes will catch that. Yes, absolutely. So you want to make sure that, you know, they're protected and that, you know, a a hot casing is not going to fly down their shirt or hit their feet or something like that. I also move the target at, like, I start them off at three yards. And this is with anyone. Whether they're afraid of the gun, they've never shot before, they have... One, it helps me because I can look at the target and see exactly where they're hitting and make corrections. If they're hitting low, if they're hitting to the right, you know, then it's like, okay, I either they have to adjust their sights, they have to go lighter on the trigger, they have to stop anticipating the shot. 
Um, but also if they're hitting closer, they're more likely to hit bullseyes and then it kind of boosts like first Exactly. And then after that, you can kind of like, okay, now let's put it out to five yards and then, you know, seven yards and up to 15 yards. Uh, they can go as much as 25 yards, but I think at that point it's, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I definitely use words of encouragement because a lot of times, even if people are just sitting there and they're like, okay, yeah, all right. You have to be encouraging, even if that's hard. I think it's hard for us as a society to give each other compliments at times. And I also, don't know why. Also, the class I went to, it was very much the guy who was running it loved to be a drill instructor. Yeah. Right? So he loved to be, maybe he was military, maybe he wasn't. He liked to pretend that we were all in the military and he was teaching us something. And it was he, he played it a little bit funny. But I could see how easily somebody who didn't get that humor would under would be thinking, oh, this guy's mean, you know, so that's yeah. definitely a good point. Or or add, you know, more pressure to, you know, they're kind of scared and they're already. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people, their hands are shaking, their glasses fog up, you know, and it's just like I could write a book at this point as to like what people, you know, typically do when they shoot a gun for the first cut, like few times. Um and so, and then I also, I don't overwhelm them with things, even though I'm like, okay, they could correct their stance or yeah, they could, um, you know, follow through with their shots or something like that. I'm not a big stickler for like, okay, come at them hard and tell them to do this, this, that, that, you know, I just start off with like a few things that are really important, like side alignment and point of the trigger and your grip. And then as they start to, you know, tackle that, then I'll add a few more things like, okay, you know what, we're going to change your stance a little bit and, you know, and then you're going to lean into it a little bit. So stuff like that. So it's not like overwhelming and it's kind of enjoyable. One thing I was thinking about as well, even with the proper clothing, so taking a step back, um, you also want to train them what to do when they do get hot brass down their shirt. Yeah. hurts. And, and not to point the gun every different direction. Because your natural instinct is to like do some crazy like jumping dance because you got something burning you. But the the hot brass usually it's like the rim um, that stays hot the longest, and it'll leave maybe a little mark and it will hurt. But pain is temporary and bullet holes are forever. So yeah, just uh, yeah, let them know what to do if that does happen. Yeah. And I think that that's it until we go on to the second part. Unless you have anything else to add. Uh, no, that's everything. And then let me plug really quickly before we move on. Our big supporter of our podcast is Gun Zone Deals. They share the word with um, people who've signed up for their email newsletter. So go sign up for their email newsletter. But they have some sick deals on their website. So uh, Beretta has just been what, like one of the most... They have the, the APX series. And it's like the most undervalued gun of like the entire year and everybody's starting to realize that all these gun review channels are starting to come up and be like whoa like what the heck this is way underhyped um and so beretta is doing a uh rebate and if you go to gun zone deals they have the beretta apx a1 tactical so that's like the super souped up version if you get that hundred dollar rebate this thing is like pennies on the dollar like it's it, it's a beretta they could cost as much as like this Taurus. Um, and of course, you have your like, Taurus handy. <laughs> of course, I have my Taurus handy, but we can't mention yeah. prices. But like, I'm talking Taurus prices for a Beretta after the rebate. So 
super cool of them to support the channel. Definitely go check them out. All right. And then how else to improve and make it more enjoyable? Um, so I would probably start off, you know, everyone with a 22. Um, just that way. Because I, I think, I don't know, Dalen, when you first shot, were you afraid of the recoil? Uh, were no, you just like... I, w I had some... It was my uh, father-in-law, actually, um, probably five years before I married my wife, um, who was, took me shooting for the first time. And he, yeah, started me off on a 22, a little Marlin, uh, a lever action, 22. We had a 22 handgun. So, like, um, guns weren't scary for me because I had only shot 22 at first. Then okay. Maybe... But, I mean, did you did you see like any of those YouTube videos where people shoot and all of a sudden they're like, you know, they look like a pirate. They were black eye because they got I, hit. Yes, go by. I mean, I had seen those videos and I had been watching them for years. And, you know, I saw a lot of people that were very confident in their ability to handle firearms more okay. than I saw the fails. Um, and then eventually I had a roommate in college who had a Glock and he's actually an instructor now. But he took like my firearms experience was just like golden, right? Like I had I didn't I at no point did I think recoil is gonna be a thing. Cause I'd only yeah. shot twenty two and then he told me how to manage it properly when I was twenty some years old and I went and shot nine mil for the first time and so it was no issue. So my experience was great. It was first twenty two and then I shot with somebody who knew what they were doing and it was nine mil. And then anything bigger than that that I ever shot after that, it was my own choice to pick up something that I knew would recoil more. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how it was for me. And 22 is a great starting point. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I think so that I mean, 22 is the first gun that I ever bought. And I just think that it's it's nice because you can focus on everything else and not be worried about the recoil. And then as you get comfortable with that, I mean, I remember upgrading from a 22 to a nine and I was like, man, this nine is so powerful, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now it's like nines, you know, like a walk in the park. But um, so, yeah, I would say definitely start them off with like a lower caliber. Don't be that jerk that just gives them like a really big caliber to start. Like or like a shot, like a 12 gauge shotgun or like don't. Yeah. yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah. And then I would say also, if you can suppress it. Um, mm, interesting. Just because, you know, anything that's loud can be sort of startling. And then also make sure that you have proper ear pro because I will say like if you're shooting indoors, especially the little like disposable foamy ear pro, it's not going to work that well. It's I mean, most people don't even know how to put it in effectively. And even when you do, it still doesn't work as well. Yeah. I would say if nothing else, use that and then give them electronic earmuffs on top of that or just use like the really big. I mean, they're hideous, but like the big. Dumbo looking ear pro lawnmower it's, ear pro you know yes but it's yeah. it helps so much like that's what I used to use when I first started and it was just I don't know and a tip it, with it, this it was actually I heard this from Jerry Michalek himself he mentions and this is like before I was into shooting I saw him say this and so I've never not doubled up on my ear pro um yeah. he said you only have one set of ears and I'm old enough to know that I need every bit of hearing I can because he's been shooting his whole life so you can imagine so he's like what you want to be able to do is hear somebody at his age, um, at his young age of like 20 years old, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but you, he, he said that double up on ear pro. And ever since then I have, I've never done single ear pro. 
And um, sometimes you'll have your pro in and you'll shoot a gun and you'll, mm, yeah, that rings a bit. That's because yeah. it actually is a high enough decibel that if you have prolonged exposure to that, it still will cause damage less, but it still will. So I double up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's it. But I'm, I'm curious to know if you guys have any other suggestions. Definitely put it in the comment section. Um, and also, like any chance that you guys get to train somebody, give somebody the opportunity who's never shot a gun to to let them shoot a gun. I think that, you know, if we're going to change anyone's minds or opinions about guns, like this poor girl, I can only imagine like what she was raised to think. And and even if you're not, I mean, I grew up around guns. My parents are pro gun. But like after going to school in New York City and, you know, just things that you hear and stuff, it's hard not to you know, somewhat kind of absorb some of that information and kind of feel similar to that. So um, I think the the best way for us to, you know, to help people understand where we're coming from is to like let them shoot and and let them form their own opinion about it. And I'd say like 99% of the time, somebody who's going to shoot that gun is going to be like, wow, okay, that was actually kind of enjoyable. That's not as bad as I thought it was. And then they might even take it up as a hobby or buy something for self-protection. So, Very true. Yeah, I think that wraps that up. And then, Ava, do we happen to have a listener of the week this week? Oh, okay. Let me see. I mean, we While have... she's getting it, I'm going to plug this, you guys. So, listener of the week, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us something you like about the podcast. Drop your review on Apple Podcasts. What it does is it tells the special algorithms and the powers at play that the be the powers that be that this is a good podcast so if you leave a review we'll then read it we, you'll get to hear a little bit about yourself um and then we'll read off what you said about us all the nice things you said hopefully um so if you have mean things to say don't leave a review if you have nice things to say wanna... please go leave a review okay and of course i left off i did i thought i took a screenshot before we left off but if anybody's wondering, the way this normally goes is we read two or three reviews that we already read the week before, before we find the ones we haven't read yet. So, you know, double whammy there if yours gets read twice. Did we do uh, Duran420, I think, uh, slowly becoming my new... Yep. Uh, just built my first Air 15 with my 10-year-old son. I think we did this one. Uh, have fun and learn something. This podcast doesn't play around. That uh, was... we have not read yet. Okay, and this is from 22 Chiefster, who also listens to Gun Funny. So have fun and learn something. This podcast doesn't play around five stars, by the way. The hosts Ooh. give their honest feelings about firearm or firearm-related items. They have lots of fun together, but then, bam, I realize I've something, too. Maybe that has to do with the random puppy peaches ASMR relaxing my brain and letting the knowledge slip in. I don't know. You be the judge. <laughs> Good old peaches. Uh, should I do another one? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Uh, I love the show uh, from Gabrielle, Gabriella E. Martin. Five stars. My husband made me listen to y'all. We love going to the range together on the weekends. My favorite to shoot is my Ruger SR-22. Love you guys. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and that is a great idea. Forcing your significant other to listen to this podcast. Now you guys have something to bond over. There you go. I, I know. It's actually, you know, I gained a lot of female um, listeners because on um, my other show because um, their husbands would be listening to it and then they would kind of like, you know, be in the background and then they'd get hooked. 
Yeah. So it's definitely, I, I think actually if guys want to get their girlfriends or wives into guns, this might be a good way. Just like play it in the background and hope that they kind of, they're like, oh, what is that? They're like anti-gun and you play it enough and the subliminal messaging, one day all of a sudden yeah. they love guns, you know? One day they're like, babe, take me to the gun store. I want to have a nice romantic walk down the aisle of Capella. I want to let you buy a Barrett. I want to let you buy a Barrett 50 BMG. Well, that's all for today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening, rating our podcast and leaving us your questions as well. Uh, anything else, Ava? Nope, that's it. Don't forget to like us on social media either. Pew Pew panel, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, and then if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel.